Hey, and welcome to Spirit Call. I'm your host, Jenny Duranis, and this is the podcast where I share all about my thoughts and experiences as a psychic, medium, tarot reader, numerologist, and kundalini yoga teacher. You'll find mini surprise readings and channeled but practical spiritual guidance to help you navigate this life you've been blessed to live. Find all the details at jennyduranis.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spirit Call with me, psychic medium Jenny Duranis. I'm so glad you're here today. Today I would like to share my experience and review the group reading that I recently attended in Moncton, New Brunswick with psychic medium Matt Fraser. This was completely unplanned. I'm sitting on the deck in New Brunswick right now looking at the water in October and I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Amazing weather. I booked this trip to come down here by myself for the first time to spend some time on the beach, have some quiet time, alone time, reflection time, and of course to hang out with my parents. And when I got here, my aunt sent me a photo asking me if I knew Matt Fraser. Of course I do because he's pretty famous out there in the medium world. He had his TV show. He does a lot of Facebook lives, has a pretty big online presence. Of course I knew who he was. She said he's going to be in Moncton at the casino. So I booked a trip. It's two and a half hours away from where I am here at the beach. I booked a hotel and I thought I'm just going to go by myself. As somebody who does events regularly for large audiences, I thought, hey, why not? This is my opportunity to go see another medium work, to check things out. How do they set it up? How do they operate? You know, how do they make it entertaining? I was really excited. However, I did go in knowing that I don't really resonate with Matt's uh, way of presenting his mediumship. I do respect all mediums. They have the right to work in whatever way resonates for them. I don't really want to pick apart Matt as a person. I just want to talk about mediumship, what to expect, um, perhaps even call some things out and uh, talk about expectations as somebody receiving a reading what is what's too much to expect and what is not enough in my opinion to receive in a reading so start to finish I show up at the casino get directions to the theater style room that he is going to be uh, working in, find my seats. I think that the casino holds about 630 people. It was almost sold out. I'm going to say there was about 
580, maybe 600 people in there, but really good view. The stage was huge and I don't think anybody in that whole room had a bad view. So that was cool. And Matt has a a huge personality. He's he's loud, he's energetic, he's funny. You know, all of these things were very entertaining. And I knew to expect this and and this is something that I was telling myself to focus on, focus on the positives in the experience. He came out and he gave a 15-minute talk about his journey to discovering his mediumship. He claims that he has always seen spirit as a child and that they were scary and sitting at the end of his bed and he didn't know what to do with it Uh, and that this is something that runs in his family and that later in life he surrendered to it and quit his job and became a full-time medium. This is something you can research on your own, his, his story. But, you know, as he's saying this, this, telling us this story of how he got started, a few things come to mind. He speaks about seeing spirit everywhere all the time. And that they talk to him. He, he, I've never really heard him say that he's claiming to be mainly clairaudient. But the way that he describes his connection to spirit is that they're always talking to him. But he does claim to see them as well. He claims to see them, I think, outside of his mind's eye. And I think that this is, I can't speak for him, but I think that it's inaccurate the way that he describes mediumship and spirit communication. And I think that it's, it's a shame because it seems as if he's sensationalizing it. And I think that this is mainly because of, you know, having a television show and being on TV, you kind of have to do that. And so something that I want to say is I don't believe that when spirit shows up to communicate with anybody or a medium in a reading, I don't think that they are speaking or appearing separately. I believe and I've experienced that when spirit shows up, it's all of them all at once. And it's my brain that is funneling, uh, dividing, branching the energy into separate senses. So seeing, hearing, feeling, or knowing. Sometimes tasting, smelling. I don't think that there's a spirit person standing in front of any medium and speaking a conversation. 
because they don't have a physical body. They don't have a voice box. They don't have lips, lungs, vocal cords. They are, it's a mental connection. It's mental. And so I believe that it's all energetic transferring of energy that can be translated into words and thoughts and pictures and images. But when I hear a medium saying, he says to me, he tells me, I just don't believe it. I don't buy it. So the way that Matt works is he will go out into the audience and he'll scan the audience and say, I see a young man standing over here. And he'll point in the general direction of where he claims to see the spirit person. And so he could be pointing at 50 people generally and someone will say oh my son is in spirit he will ask the whole row to stand up once somebody claims that their son is in spirit so there could be 15 people standing up and Matt says it's because He might be reading the person who raised their hand or the person beside them or someone else in that row. So he wants everyone to stand up. I do not understand this. This makes no sense to me. I think that unfortunately, in this way, he's... He's sort of pulling for just anybody to raise their hand or psychically reading the person to know that their son is in spirit. I can look at somebody psychically and know that their mother or father or grandfather or grandmother or sister is in spirit. That is in their energy field. That doesn't mean that I'm connecting with that spirit person. So I think that this style of going direct, that's what we call it as mediums, when you go direct and point at a person and say, may I read you, somebody in the audience, I don't like it. And I'm curious to know what you guys think. If you're listening to this and you've been to one of my group events, I want to hear what what would you prefer? Would you prefer if there were a hundred people in the room and that I just scanned the room, pointed at someone and said, you, you have someone here? Or would you prefer what I do usually, which is to ask spirit to step close, show me as much as they can about themselves I start to describe them to the audience. I'm not even looking at the audience because I'm focusing on the spirit. The more detail I give, 
the more someone in the audience understands and eventually someone will raise their hand and say, that sounds like my son or my grandfather or my father. I, you know, I've been kind of tossing around the idea of going direct because it does eliminate the wasting of time when I'm describing the spirit person and no one's raising their hand because they're afraid. But I think it takes away the magic of your loved ones showing up and a story building as everyone listens intently and the excitement of someone raising their hand and understanding all of the information or most of the information that I've given and us establishing that it's their person and continuing with the message that way. I like that better. So Matt doesn't do that. He he said in his opening speech that he doesn't do that. He just goes direct, which is fine. But I want to know, I want to hear from, from you. Do you, would you prefer that? I think that what's really important that I share here in this episode is that we need to have our expectations in check when we go for a reading with a medium. To me, there are key points that a medium should, not always, but should be able to bring through. And it's not a hard rule. But if the baseline of information of man or woman, relationship to you, cause of passing, general age, or more specifically, their age, and not always a name. I don't think that names are completely necessary because they're not always, you know, I'm not always good with names. But if these key points are not there, can you, can you trust that it's your person coming through? From there, I would be expecting to have memories being shared, you know, experiences. Perhaps some of the things that happened at the end. But what I noticed Matt does, and I, again, I don't know if this is on purpose, if he's been told to do this because you get more tears that way from the person receiving the message. But there seemed to be a lot of focusing on how the person died, what was happening at the time when they died, and how heartbroken their family is. This, to me, is like baseline mediumship. I I, I don't think that the spirit person is saying, please say as many possible things as you can to make my loved one cry so that they know it's me. But that is what I witnessed. Bringing up those memories you know, of of a young man who passed by suicide, bringing up the hard things. Yes, it's healing to know that our loved ones have continued on and that they can recognize their actions and the decisions that may have led up to their passing. But I'm sorry, they do not 
want to talk about it for 10 minutes when they could be talking about anything else. And so I want to say, when you go to a medium, research first, what is their style? What are they focusing on? Because something that I've learned through thousands of readings and doing this for eight years is I can focus on any part of that spirit person's life that I choose because all of the information is there all at once. And so I can say to them, I'm searching for a memory that would help your daughter to know it's you. And they would give me one. I would find one. I could say, what caused your passing? And they would tell me. That information would be available to me. But why would I continue to focus on the passing, the passing, the passing, a message done? To me, that's just, it bugs me. Another thing that I noticed at this event was that he would allow the person receiving the message to speak. Again, I think when you're going for a reading, it's okay to say a few words here and there. But for the most part, it should be yes, no, I don't know, maybe, keep going. Responses like that. I don't think that the sitter should be giving any information or very little information unless I ask. But what I noticed that Matt was doing was he would say, you have a young man with you. And the person would say, yes, that's my son. And he would say, your son is telling me that that's my mother. Well, if he was really saying that, wouldn't he have first started off by saying, your son is with you? It's only when he's given the information that it's her son that he's now comfortable talking about the fact that it's her son. Now, I know that sometimes we're unsure and we don't want to say it. You know, there's times where I'm pretty sure this is the person's son, but I'm afraid to say it because I don't want to screw up. That happens. But I saw this over and over again, where once he was given information, he would then build in my opinion, a one-size-fits-all message because this is her son. So what would you say to a mother that's lost her son? Anyone could make up this message. And unfortunately, I witnessed this over and over and over again in a room filled with 600 people. I witnessed when someone would give him a detail, he would then take that detail and almost claim that he brought it up. It was cringy. I was very triggered. I'm not going to lie. I was very triggered during this event. I always say that you can never judge 
another person's message that you have no idea how much it has impacted them and how much they truly fully felt their loved one with them and how they knew without a doubt that it was them. But I think that if this is the mainstream version of mediumship, then it's a shame that that's all we're able to provide now. I just, I'm upset by it. I'm upset that that many people were okay with it. I mean, of course, I don't know what everyone in the audience was thinking. But if I were a skeptic, I would have walked away still a skeptic. 100%. The night before I went, I looked him up on YouTube. And I was showing a video to my mom of, you know, this is the guy I'm going to see tomorrow. And um, I said, I hope that these YouTube videos and what you see online are just TV and that in person, it's much different. In person, his mediumship goes much deeper. That's what I was hoping. But that's not what I found. In fact, the video that I watched the night before was of Matthew delivering a message to somebody who had lost their son to suicide and he started by delivering what I call a pre-rehearsed message for the scenario. So when, when he's connecting with someone who passed by suicide, he says this. When he's connecting to someone who passed from cancer, he says this. If it's a mother, he says this. If it's a father, he says this. And so he was saying to the woman in the video, he's sorry about his anxiety and his depression. He wants you to know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was quite a lengthy Again, what I call pre-rehearsed message. And I was complaining to my mom that everything seems to be a tiny bit of information and then a long pre-rehearsed message. Then a tiny little bit more of information and then another big long message that he could say to anybody. And at the event in Moncton, he connected with a woman. Her son had passed by suicide. And he started to say... The exact same message and my heart sank and I got sick to my stomach my heart started beating because I thought oh my gosh this is so embarrassing <laughs> he's saying the same thing word for word almost and then it changed because he must have received a little bit more of information from spirit and he gave, you know, more details. But again, this is the bare minimum of spirit communication that I saw. And this person is somehow, I don't know if he's world famous, but he's famous for his work with spirit. It leads me to question, am I too hard on myself? Am I trying too hard? 
Could someone come into my office, sit down, and I could say, there's a woman here with you. I think it's your mom. And they could say, yeah, that's my mom. And I could go right into the message. Is that enough? Is that enough for you? I want to hear from you. Please, if you're listening to this, if you've had a reading with me or anyone else, I want to hear what makes it good enough for you. What makes your message good enough? Of course, the message, right, is always what we're hoping for, that they say, oh, I see you. I see that you've had children. I'm with your children. I was at your wedding from spirit side. You know, I see the house you bought. I see, you know, all of those life moments that our loved ones are apparently missing, even though, you know, in my opinion, they're not missing a thing, but they're not here with us physically. We want to hear that they see that stuff. And we're hoping for, I assume, a little bit of guidance. Okay, is this the right time to sell the house? You know, we want spirit to talk about these things. But I want to know what makes it enough for you. Because if I'm striving, and I'm not going to stop, but if I'm striving to bring in so many details before I even know who the spirit person is for, and then I see this famous medium doing what I call the bare minimum, you know, this isn't, there's a difference. There's a difference between briefly connecting with a young man and knowing he passed by suicide and then giving a pre-rehearsed message, there's a difference between that and connecting with a young man, realizing that his passing is connected to suicide, continuing to build a link with him, allowing him to step so close that his essence is felt to his loved ones, allowing your body to become his body for a time, allowing him to show his mannerisms, to almost download into your body the consciousness, the memories of that person so that their loved ones can feel them, not to just be told, he's telling me this, he's telling me that. There's a difference. So... I, I was disappointed. Um, I felt there was a lot of vague, one-size-fits-all messages. You know, there was, there was a message of, you have your mother's ring. She says it's okay for you to resize it so that it fits your hand. You know, that's a meaningful message to hear. If you've got someone's ring and it doesn't fit you, but you really want to wear it, but you're afraid to alter it. To hear that it's okay to do that, I think is really meaningful. But I also think it's very common. I have my grandmother's wedding ring. It only fits on my pinky finger. <laughs> like, n not everyone has the same ring size. That's common. It's a common thing. So, again, what percentage of the messages should be super unique? Or is it just that these everyday things are all that matters? That just hearing about the ring, even though you know, you know, maybe your sister has the same problem with the ring that she received, and that message could fit for her too. But is that okay? Is that enough? 
I don't know. So, yeah, I guess this is, this is my rant, right? Is expectations. What do you expect? What is your, um, what are your requirements? But on the other hand, we have to make sure that our expectations aren't too high. I know that I have extremely high expectations for myself as a medium and that I never feel like I'm hitting the mark. Meanwhile, you know, people seem to go away happy with the reading that they receive. So share with me your thoughts. What does this, what does this uh, bring up for you? Is it okay for me to just say, there's a man here, he loves you? Or do you, you know, what helps you to really know that it's that man you're thinking of? Ugh, it's hard work. It's not easy if you're listening to this and you're thinking about developing your mediumship or going down this path. It's not easy, but I ask you, I beg of you (laughs) to uh, to do well, to continue to deepen your connection with spirit. I think that the mediums of the past would be ashamed of this mediumship that is somehow mainstream and makes people famous. I think that there are mediums from the past that have brought through extraordinary evidence from spirit. Gordon Higginson, he could he could say, you know, the spirit's name and address. You know, I have I have Mr. Crow here and he lived on Elm Street. And someone would say, well, that's my father. You know, you can't get more specific than that. And yet this Matt guy is going out into an audience of hundreds of people and saying, you've got a young man standing beside you. But he's pointing out into the audience. There could be a whole, you know, there could be 20 people that think, oh, that's for me. And and he says, yeah, you. You know, I noticed that there were a few times where because he has the whole row stand up, he would be talking to one person and then the person beside them would say, well, that sounds like me. And he would say, oh, it's for you then. Oh, really? Now it's for the person beside them? So he's giving himself the ability to morph the message, to have it move around in the room without having to be too specific you know, in my opinion, it could be for both of them. There could be two young men standing in the audience and that they're coming through in similarities. And if he gave it more time, he could bring through one and then the other. I'm frustrated. The other thing that I don't agree with is that he charged different ticket prices. So I had the cheapest ticket price. I sat in the like the bleachers or whatever you want to call it in the back. 
But then there was what was called the red circle. So I guess that this is a number of chairs that are on the floor right in front of the stage. They were quite a bit more expensive than the ticket that I bought. And yet it seemed that he had a predetermined uh, way of working through the audience. He started on one side of the stage, moved to the middle, then went to the other side of the stage then moved to the back, to the middle, then to the other side of the back, and that was it. So again, if you're going direct and you're choosing the person that you need to go with and making sure that you cover a person from each corner of the room, why are you charging people more money to be close to the stage and giving them the impression that they're going to have a better seat than someone else or a better uh, opportunity or better chances. They're not. And if you're going direct, nobody has better chances. And he claimed that it was up to spirit. He says it's up to spirit who shows up. I have no control. But he was going direct. So you do have control because I can scan the audience and say, you have someone with you, you have someone with you. But I'm not doing that. I'm leaving it up to spirit. Who is the next person that steps into my energy field? What are they telling me? Now let's find the person in the audience. So I just think that there's, I think that he's assuming that people don't know how mediumship works. And either he doesn't know fully because he hasn't taken much time to think about it past his you know, beginning experiences. Or he's like lying. (laughs) I don't want to say that he's lying because that sounds mean, but (sighs) so many discrepancies, so many contradictions. And I really just wish that people could be honest. Find a medium that's honest. Find a medium that can say, I'm not good with names, but I'll try. But I might throw out a name that doesn't make any sense. Or I think that this is your father, but I'm second guessing myself because I get in my head sometimes. Is this your father? Or, you know, just somebody who can admit when they're wrong. Another thing that I noticed at the event was that that he had three screens and the camera crew and everything, which is awesome. It does make the experience more fun because everyone in the audience can see the person receiving the message up on the screen. And so any time that he would be delivering something that wasn't clicking for the person receiving the reading, the camera would cut away from them to only show Matthew on the screen. Again, I think that this is deliberate so that we can't see the expression of the person as they're shaking their head no, as they're confused, as they are saying flat out no, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, the medium needs to pause once in a while to say, do you understand? There was very little of that. Very little, do you understand, yes or no. He just talked and talked and talked. 
and then they would give him information. He would build on the information that they gave him, and then he would talk and talk and talk and give his pre-rehearsed message. So I'm going to say in a 10-minute message, there were maybe three pieces of evidence that were just very general and maybe like one or two specifics in 10 minutes. The rest was filler. (sighs) Anyway, I'm rambling at this point. I'm disappointed. I had higher expectations. I think that we all as consumers of this type of entertainment, if we're going to call it that, because it's on TV and sensationalized the way that it is, I think that we should be demanding more from these people to continue to develop, to continue to bring through better and better evidence, to, to strive to bring through the strongest blend possible. That's not what I saw. I saw a bare minimum. Again, I, I respect anybody who endeavors to do mediumship full time. It's not easy. It's not always fun. It requires a lot of bravery and vulnerability. But I just wish that I just wish it wasn't this way. So now I feel like I need to go on a mission to see as many of these famous mediums work as possible. John Edward, Teresa Caputo, who else is there? I don't even know. Oh, Tyler Henry. He does groups, doesn't he? I'm not trying to say that I'm better than them. (laughs) I have respect for anyone who helps to make spirit communication mainstream. I just hope that more people will demand higher quality of mediumship. That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Spirit Call. If you are local to me here in Ontario, Canada, my Two Worlds Tour is about to launch October 12th. I'm starting in Peterborough, Ontario, moving to Coburg, Belleville, Ottawa, Kingston, and I hope to have more dates booked for the spring of 2024. I'm working on a couple things here. I might leave Canada for an event. We shall see. But get your tickets now. They are live. You can get them through my website. And you might know by now that I'm booked until January of 2024 for private readings. I do have a wait list submission form on my website again for that time frame, January. Uh, In the meantime, you can always buy a recorded tarot reading and have that delivered to your inbox the following Monday. And please let me know uh, your thoughts 
on this episode. If you have any questions, if you have anything that you would like me to cover about mediumship, spirit communication, the psychic world, tarot, let me know. Send me a message at info at Can't wait to hear from you. Bye for now.